Welcome to another interview at Animal Cafe. Each Monday, we offer a new podcast with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for upcoming interviews and more. Hello and welcome to another edition of Animal Cafe. I'm your host, Lori Houston, and I'm here today with Tracy Jones. Tracy is the mother of Mr. Blue, whom she calls the Chief Motivational Hound, and she, together with Mr. Blue, have co-authored a book known as True Blue Leadership. So welcome, Tracy. We're very happy to have you with us tonight. Um, Why don't we start out by having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Tracy. Sure. Thank you, Lori. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, again, as you said, my name is Tracy Jones. I, uh, I'm from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, have had kind of a vast and varied background. Uh, spent some time in the United States Air Force. Uh, spent some time in Austin, Texas, which is where I uh, came to uh, fall in love and meet Mr. Blue. And then I actually spent some time in St. Louis, Missouri with some defense contracting jobs. So did a little bit of everything. Uh, currently, I'm the uh, president of Tremendous Life Books, and we are the premier publisher of Motivate leadership and sales material, books, uh, DVDs, and CDs um, out of Pennsylvania. So it's a very rich and rewarding job. And you sort of have a uh, family background in motivational speaking and leadership, don't you, Tracy? I sure do, Lori. Uh, my father, um, his name was Charlie Tremendous Jones, and uh, he was one of the, the premier speakers um, of the past century and this century. Um, really became known by many for just his book, Life is Tremendous, which was written in 1967. It has sold millions of copies. And, uh, you know, my father was that kind of generation from the Depression era and uh, kicked out of school in the eighth grade and just really was one of that generation back then of those self-made men that really just worked hard, didn't come from a lot, um, were so thankful for every opportunity. And he read, read, read voraciously and uh, just fell in love with the power of books and um, cut his teeth in the insurance business and um, then separated from the insurance business and went on to be um, a really powerful motivational speaker. Um, he was very pragmatic, very funny, and he just shared a lot about his life of uh, working with people, how to motivate people, how to deal with the heartaches in life. And he was very funny, but he was very pragmatic. And uh, so Mr. Blue's grandpa was tremendous. And Mr. Blue, I like to say, kind of learned at the feet of the masters because growing up we had an awful lot of um, just absolutely wonderful speakers and just uh, just imagine being surrounded from such an early age with people that had just a phenomenal outlook on life and, you know, failure's good because it causes you to grow and um, just from early on I really was exposed to that and uh, his, his real famous motto was um, the quote, you'll be the same person that you are today in five years except for two things, the people that you meet and the books that you read. So that really, he was always stressing the importance of getting out and meeting people, meeting good people and reading great material. So that's a little bit about uh, about my uh, history with the motivational speakers. Wow, that makes a lot of sense about the, the people that you meet and the books that you read. I, I couldn't agree with that more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add it and say, and the dogs you adopt, too. <laughs> 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 and cats. I'm sorry, I have three cats, too. But I, I'd almost like to say it's, it's books, it's people, and it's, uh, you know, it's got to be the animals, too, because they definitely have a great influence. They sure do. I couldn't agree with you more there. I, I wouldn't know what to do without my cats. Oh, I know. 
you mentioned Mr. Blue. Let's talk about him for a little bit because he was the uh, he is the author of the book that we're going to be talking about today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Mr. Blue and how he came to be with you? Oh, I'd love to, Lori. Um, Well, Mr. Blue is actually, his official title is the Chief Motivational Hound here at uh, Tremendous Life Books. So he's, we're a pack 24-7. I have the the awesome pleasure of getting to bring my dogs to work, which for those listeners out there, I know it's a dream come true. I I never thought it would happen to me, but after 25 years, I get to to bring my dogs to work. Um, But Mr. Blue came into my life in uh, 2001, and I had uh, separated from the military, uh, was living in Austin, Texas. And it was the string uh, uh, of, it was coming to the end of a string of um, four years of very painful event, events in my life. Some personal issues, some professional issues, and um, just uh, really, uh, just a really tough period in my mid-30s where I just, uh, some things were not working out the way I thought there was a lot of heartache there. And I was at work one day and somebody said, hey, um, this is in Austin, Texas, somebody dropped a box of puppies out in the front lawn. And I thought, well... Okay, I'm not a I'm, a, I'm a cat person, you know, I was a cat person my whole life, and I'm like, who, who wants to look at those puppies, and uh, here, somebody had dumped 11 puppies on this lady's um, miniature donkey and horse farm in the outskirts of Austin, Texas, and she thought enough to just, she brought them to work and put them out on the lawn and said, you people have have jobs, so I thought you, you might be able to take them in, so I was at work, everybody went down to see them, and because um, being in the military, I mean, we had dogs, outdoor dogs growing up, but it's not like the relationships that people have with dogs now, where they truly are part of the family. Um, and so I never had a dog really growing up. And um, so somebody came up to the desk, and they had brought one of them into the facility. And I looked at it, and they were about four and a half, five weeks old. And I just, I guess I never really had seen a puppy that young before. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just go look at them. And so I went down there, and uh, there was this fuzzy, fuzzy one that was silver and black, wild-looking, like a Catahoula kind of wild-looking coat. And um, the lady that had brought him was holding him, and there was a bunch laying on the ground, and she said, do you want to hold one? And I said, no, that's okay. And, um, and she said, would you want to hold this one? And his coat just really caught my eyes, that blue merle pattern. And um, I said, well, isn't he yours? And she goes, no, you can hold him. And that was pretty much it, that once I held him... <laughs> He was full of fleas and worms, and I got him home that first night, and I cried, and I thought, what have I done, you know, because my dad called me, and I said, guess what, and he's like, what, you know, what, and I said, I got a dog, he goes, Tracy, that's a serious responsibility, they they live to be 15 years old, and I was like, what have I done, I don't know what to do, but I'll tell you what, Lori, uh, 10 years later, I mean, like I said, I was really at a point where I had uh, just been through some really tough things, and once I got that dog, that relationship that companionship just watching his attitude and his sense of joy um that that is the best the best thing that i could have done and i just have spent the next last the last 10 years traveling with him moving with him and he's been such a confident and uh inspiration to me so that that's how mr blue and i cry totally unexpected <laughs> but that's they say the best things happen when you you know when you, when you don't expect them <laughs> yep you're right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great story, and I'm glad things worked out so well for you and Mr. Blue. Oh, thank you. So Mr. Blue's book is called True Blue Leadership, and uh, he talks about a lot of the things that, uh, a lot of the lessons that people can learn from their dogs about uh, 
about leadership and motivation and just kind of generally about being a good person in general. So why don't we talk a little bit about that, Tracy? Well, absolutely. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Those of us that, I mean, the relationship we have with our pets, the unconditional love, just when we go home, the joy we get from them, um, you know, it, it became obvious to me really on that, you know, they always say, hey, if you didn't have to work, if, you, if money weren't an option, what would you do? And I'm like, well, I'd run with the dogs and the cats all day long. <laughs> because they're, just, they're without guile. They're just the loyalty, the boundless energy. They're always happy to see you. And I thought, boy, if people just could be more like this. Work would work could be a lot more productive and fun, and we could cut through all the all the crap and the attitudes and uh, and just get get some things done. So, um, you know, I, I really wanted to share a lot of um, the things that Mr. Blue taught me. And the book is it, it's a lot about the dog, but it really is leadership perspective. And just watching him and uh, kind of again, I would reflect on some of the things that happened at work. Um, like there's one of the chapters is called, uh, look is good. Going is coming. And Mr. Blue is, um, he's an Australian shepherd, but he also is kind of uh, part Basset. So he's got this long, low body with these legs and he has this just unbelievable swagger when he walks like so many dogs do. But people would always say to me, um, I don't know if he's cute or coming or going. And I went to work, um, a couple years ago and, and one of, one of the employees had decided to quit. Um, and they not only quit, but they sent out a very nasty email to, like, the entire company. Now, I know there's a lot of things that need brought to the attention of the hierarchy. Trust me. I know corporate America and private companies, I've been in the thick of it. But that's definitely not the way to go. And, and so the book is about when you leave a job for whatever reason, whether it's a better opportunity, whether it's even getting fired, always make sure that when you walk out the door, that you leave with your tail or your head held high, uh, because you know we're on a, all on a very short um, proverbial leash nowadays. And just really to make sure, um, you know, I've been in situations where I've worked uh, organizations, and um, kind of wish I wouldn't have had to. But you always want to leave the organization better, and you always want them to be saying, "Wow, I miss that person." And I, those are some big shoes to. As Mr. Blue says, chew or fill. So, you know, it just has it has a lot of that kind of a lot of the kind of flavor for it. Dogs are just so smart; they're our best teachers. So, <laughs> there's a lot of that throughout there. Well, I think that's some good advice. I mean, you never want to burn your bridges behind you. You never know when uh, when you might need a reference from one of those people or or. Uh, oh, it's- so true. And, and, you know, we all think, oh, it's just me and my computer, especially now in this day and age. I'm just going to go ahead and it's like, boy, I just, somebody told me early on in my career, never put any, no, never type anything. And this is back when email was first getting started, this year, decades ago. And they said, don't put anything ever in writing or on, on an email that you would not want to see broadcast in a newspaper or your mother to read. And I just always remembered that, you know, that we just... You know, we just always keep it professional, always keep it, as Mr. Blue says, uh, above the collar and don't bark anything that, that don't bare your teeth because that's unbecoming. There's ways to address situations like that. So just just lessons like that. I've received that same advice. The other thing that uh, that I've read and been told is, is uh, before you send a heated email to sleep on it and see if it oh. still seems the same way in the morning. Boy, that is the or a tweet or a Facebook yes. post or whatever it may be. Exactly. Or get somebody else to read it and say, hey, whoa, 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 you know, this is <laughs> too emotional, stop it. 
take the cap. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, the other chapter, Lori, that a lot of people talk about is there's the chapter in there called Dealing with Life's Vacuum Cleaners. And I know all the dog owners are out that. Mr. Blue's pretty darn near perfect, but boy, the vacuum cleaner and he, it's just, uh, I don't know when it started. I tried it, you know, but he just gets crazy about the vacuum cleaner. And it's kind of, um, you know, what are the things in our life that co- the, the people or the events that are going on in the background that we stress about, we worry about, and they make a lot of noise and they kick up a lot of dirt. But in the end, they're often off in the distance and have nothing to do with us. But yet it drains a lot of our positive energy from us. So the dealing with life vacuum cleaners, that helps, helps give you tips how to silence your inner hoover and to get back to being the good dog or the good employee that you are. And just in the end, worry just is, is a terrible draining force. And um, uh, so there's tips for that. And then at the end of each of his chapters, Mr. Blue recommends a book um, for you and your, uh, for your human to read out loud to you. Um, so, you know, kind of build your own little True Blue Leadership Library. Yeah, and some of those books are, are very good recommendations, too. I haven't uh, haven't read all of them, but I have had a chance to check out a few of them since you sent me a copy of Mr. Blue's uh, book. Oh, good Lord. And, you know, they're simple reads. Um, this book, I don't know, if for f- fans out there that have read, like, Who Moved My Cheese, this book is a simple read. Of course, dogs don't need to make it compliment, uh, complicated. The simplest is the best. So it's a pretty quick read. I think most people can get through it in an hour. But hopefully, you know, just as you deal with certain events in your life, um, uh, you can think about this. And, you know, it, it's kind of fun for, uh, we're doing this with a lot of the different, um, like n- next Monday I'm meeting with Chick-fil-A to kind of go over with their managers this. There's a chapter in here on um, kind of do a book review. But one of the chapters is uh, called Herding Isn't Leading. And it's, uh, you know, for managers that if you think you're, uh, and I'm sure we can all relate to bosses that just bark us from meeting to meeting or push us and, you know, like the, like the cattle dogs and the herding dogs, that's not leading. That's just... <laughs> That's intimidating, nipping at your heels, you know, staring you in the eyeball. And I've had that happen to me at work. And really, that's not that's not what a true blue leader does. And, uh, you know, so if, if you're doing this and you think, oh, this is my job or this is what my boss expects of me, probably need to, as Blue would say, take a long drink from the uh, water bowl of, of reality and uh, realize, hey, that, that's, really not, that's really not how you're supposed to. People aren't sheep, so don't treat them like sheep. Don't try to hurt them around. That makes sense. And there really is a difference between leadership and, and management also, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really for this book is, to, is really to get the heart of, um, you know, managing is you're an elevated um, level of kind of the individual contributor and you're, you're getting stuff done. But leadership is where you're really um, inspiring people. You're helping them find that be- you're helping them and the organization find the best that they are. You're leaving the organization better than it was before you came there. And you're helping identify people. Hey, if this isn't like the field where you can run freely, let me put you in, in a field or a job or whatever um, it, where, where you can. It's, it's much more almost like shepherding. Uh, care and tending of the flock is really more of what leadership is. Yeah, and that's important. That's a that's a, a really big distinction. Another of the uh, chapters that I thought was interesting uh, was entitled "Old Dogs Must Learn New Tricks." <laughs> well, you know, it's um, you know I always say we may, uh, especially for the men, may get a little gray in the muzzle. Uh, but you, you really never get old as long as you keep learning. And, you know, the purpose of lifelong learning is to keep you growing and active until your very last pant. 
And I think it's so important. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I just, I can't, I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to start a new job. I'm just, I'm 45 and this is it. Well, good Lord, you know, nowadays people are living, (laughs) that's only the, the midpoint of their life. And it's just so important. You learn not only for yourself, but you learn to help others. And um, especially like with dog adoptions, now you can do senior dogs where you can adopt dogs at a certain point in their life where you can spend, you know, because you think, oh, I can't take on a baby, I can't take on a puppy, I can't take on a kitten. Well, you're never too old, you know, to bring something into your life um, to take care of it and and give to it and have a positive influence on it. So um, this is all about just, uh, yeah, Mr. Blue's 10, so he's 70. But, boy, he just keeps getting smarter and more tremendous and sweeter every day. And that's because he really is um, always trying to learn. And I think if we can pattern that, we can go far. Yeah, I do, too. And I think that's something that, that a lot of us fight against. It's easy to get into into a rut. You know, it's easy to say this is the way I've been doing things for yeah. X number of years. And, you know, it, it works. And why should I change it? But... Sometimes it needs to be changed, and that's something I struggle with too. I, I, yeah, I don't always react to change very easily or very well either. You know, sometimes I have to kind of push my boundaries and do things that I'm not used to doing. But it, it usually does pay off. It does, and it is hard. If it weren't hard, everybody would be doing it. So what you go through, what I go through, everybody experiences that. But it's really just kind of, um, you know, just, just, just. Just go do it, like a dog. One of the questions is, you know, blue. You know, they don't ask questions; they just go do it. I said, "Well, Mr. Blue sees a squirrel in the backyard. Does he come to me and say, what's that squirrel?'" No, he just starts. He just <laughs> he escorts the squirrel off the premises. You know, <laughs> sometimes just taking action um, is really the best thing. And I think we all struggle too um, as leaders with the status quo. Well, this is good enough. Well, I wrote a book. Well, you have enough listeners, and it's like I know, but that's not really living life to your fullest. Um, and as Mr. Blue says, you know, being content to sit back and rest on your haunches, that's not really developing the real top dog inside of you. Sure, you can have a good life, but we all, we all are on this earth to live every second of the max. And um, that, that's what he really hopes to inspire in people. Yeah, and I think he does. I think this book is, is very inspiring. You're right, it's a very simple and easy book to read. It's, you know, it's, it's written in very plain language, and it it didn't take me longer than an hour to get through it, but I think it's the type of book that you could come back to time and time again and probably get something different out of it each time you read it, even. Well, I appreciate that, Lori. And you know what? The, the best ones are always are. I mean, I read tons and tons of books, being a publisher. But, boy, there's that, that core of old staples that I just keep going back to. And, you know... Um, the last chapter of the book is called Man's Best Friends Are Dog-Eared. And that's about the special relationship that we have with our dogs and that we have with our books. And a book can be just as beautiful as a friend and comforting as a friend at night as, um, as uh, a book. And uh, we even talk a little bit about the hair of the dog, you know, that they say have been out and had a tough night. You know, the hair of the dog, which is, you know, the reflective of the old, old days when you'd have a wound, you'd put the hair of the dog in there. But if you've had a really tough day at work, a rough day, as Mr. Blue would say, and you're just like licking your wounds that, that you know, just even 10 minutes of reading something, um, a, a couple words carefully inserted into your head or your heart, that, that books can really a function as the hair of the dog and really have a, a healing and a transformative power. And, 
and like you said, it, you read it something at a stage of your life. I can remember stuff in my 20s, and I got something out of it, and you read it later, and you're like, oh, this is, you get wiser, just like the dog. Yeah. You get, you get, you, your experience bag of tricks gets bigger. And um, I, and I wanted to tell you, Lori, one of Mr. Blue's favorite quotes is uh, under the old dogs must learn new tricks. He says, if you continuously chase your tail, you'll never get away from the stink. And so he's pretty pretty smart. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times we'll sit here and angst over, I don't like this job. My kids are bugging me. I don't like this relationship. I don't like this. Okay, so stop chasing your tail. Get away from the stink and, you know, let's. Straighten it out and point in a direction and let's just go. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, Tracy. <laughs> well, I want to thank you very much for being with us. You've been very, uh, very instructional. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Lori. Have a great rest of the week. I so appreciate it. You too, Tracy. And there you have it, another episode of Animal Cafe. I hope you'll join us next week when my fellow host, Eric Goebelbecker, will be back with another fantastic guest. Until then, have a good week.